Today's episode of the Westworld Theorycast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Head on over to CuffLinks.com and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order. No minimum, baby. CuffLinks has everything you need to look good when you step out into the world. The world is opening up. You need to look good. You're going to events. You're going to weddings. You're going to parties. And you know what? You need to head on over to cufflinks.com and accessorize, baby. They got everything you need, and there's always specials. Just check the front page. Go on over to cufflinks.com now. Use code DVR20 and save. Thank you, Cufflinks. Greetings and salutations. This is the Fact Daddy for the Fact Daddy Experience presenting The Forge Westworld. Uh, discussing Westworld Season 4, Episode 4, Generation Loss. Uh, is definitely one of the top three episodes of all time for me, for Westworld. It's uh, pretty remarkable. So the, sh- the episode starts out with a voice that's saying Caleb's name. Now, you cut to a scene where they're about to storm the lighthouse to destroy the last node of... Rehoboam and immediately what I started thinking of is how many installations were there and uh, you know how are you certain that's the last I mean ultimately you can't really you can't discern if it's actually the last known piece but let's suppose that it is uh what does it imply? Because, you know, some of the conversation that Caleb and Maeve have is, you know, what's going to happen in the future? Or we just live regular lives and that type of thing. But, I mean, Rehoboam is just one facet of a kind of omnipresent big brother overlord surveillance culture that we quasi inhabit at the present moment. So, I don't know. I didn't understand... Um, I didn't understand something about that. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know, man. It's like uh, it's just something sticking in my craw. Like, okay, where were the other installations? You know, because, yeah, you kind of subvert the order of how the world was dominated by, like, the insight-type deal where, you know, all of our information got leaked and, you know, the massive upheaval that occurred afterwards you know war and all of that but for it to go from that which was already pretty bad to (laughs) uh reverse osmosis matrix world is a little fucked up um (laughs) because i mean he gets he he catches a shot of caleb at this lighthouse and uh, I just you know immediately I was like why did she carry him so far away I know that the, like she they killed everyone there but they could have contacted reinforcements or whatever the case may be but she had to carry him away then you know she says she felt it before you know she can uh, mess with his limbics you know now uh, I'm no anatomy genius but you know obviously limbics is derived from the limbic system right but i mean 
honestly, um, not many of us spend a lot of times, you know, thinking about the limbic system and, uh, you know, limbic system, uh, you know, she's touching in a part of his brain, uh, that's involved with, you know, how we belate, behave and our behavioral responses and, you know, our feelings and, and our, our, our responses from an emotional place, um, which is weird, uh, it, it addresses many of our survival behaviors, like eating, you know, um, having kids, taking care of those kids, and sticking around or fighting, so, you know, even her touching on that, it could, it could insinuate more that she perceives Caleb almost as like a child instead of like any kind of weird romantic shit, you know, like she wanted him to be free, just like she wanted to be free with her daughter, but she never finished the thought. She made a statement about how, you know, she was ready to spend eternity with in that life with her daughter. And then she just didn't continue her statement. So I'm not sure what that implication is, but it's uh, extraordinarily interesting to me. Um, and, you know, I don't know how to footnote this type of bullshit, uh, but uh, if you Google limbic system online... A secondary response to the uh, search comes up as follows. So it states that the limbic system functions to facilitate memory storage and retrieval, establish emotional states, and link the conscious intellectual functions of the cerebral cortex with the unconscious autonomic functions of the brain stem. Uh, having said all of that, I mean, you know, I don't know the great overwhelming significance of the term limbic. I mean, I still feel like it's clearly put there for a reason. And that system clearly, you know, shows a kind of like weird divergence in terms of like the consciousness that Caleb had when he was human and when he well I, I mean I'm moving a little ahead of myself you know what I don't even care homeboy the voice that was calling him at the very introduction of this show was who we at DVR podcast and maybe other places but you know I picked up this shit off of Axel uh, cause you know sometimes I call her Hale sometimes I call her Dolores but I like Sherloris um I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right um I don't care. <laughs> I, I I like how I say it. It's funny as shit too, Shaloris. Shaloris is a fucking trip, man. Like, um, and the horrifying part is you gotta understand. You gotta think that, like, even though it's the Charlotte Hale character, obviously, you know who's the Dolores is in. Um, as a host, I mean, let's just keep it real. She's probably one of the most insane, amazing villains ever. And in this episode, I, I personally think that the Charlotte Hale performance was 
it was superlative. Um, and even the way they shot it, like I felt like a certain disjointed it and how it was shot, um, particularly the scenes um, with Christina um, and the scenes with C. And obviously, it, you know, I felt that because ultimately they were they were connected but it was that time spread and uh that's i would i should have gotten into that later but i can't help myself all that shit's floating around in my head because once charloris pulls him into or pulls him out of the reverie of of that lighthouse scene or experience with mave and shit man boom she goes in with her whole host carrier thing like the generation loss is his generation they don't want that loss, man. You know, they literally, it's a loss of them. They were lost because their adult rigid brains couldn't take it as well as, as the kids. So a generation had to pass. And during that time frame, uh, the organisms, uh, the parasites grew in symbiosis with the human beings. And, you know, like they literally grew up with them. Like they're, they're in perfect harmony. I mean, it's just a level of horror, you know, in terms of, like, control. That's just, it's, it, you almost feel like, hey, guys, are you giving the government ideas or something? Like, you know, surveillance is one thing. Having a fly go inside you and control people from towers and shit. I mean, it, it sounded like the 5G conspiracy almost. You see the towers everywhere and, you know, the sound emissions control you. Like, that's fucked up. Um <laughs> Especially like you know your humanity's just gone. And then they you know you cut to Maeve and William and you know he he kicks her ass. I mean and if you can recall even when like young William was in the show and they do those flashbacks to Westworld and he was hanging out with Logan and he decided to cut loose he killed like everybody they were hanging out with. After celebrating some stupid, like, scripted crime for Westworld, this guy just went ape shit. Like, he was just, uh, he's a true savage in the most awful way possible. I do not mean it as the modern contemporary slang for a while. That's super good. No, he's super fucked up. Um, but I did appreciate that Maeve sound explosion, like when she did an override on their system and it fucking like <laughs> blew his ass like <laughs> 10, 15 feet away with the glass. Um, that shit was brilliant. Um, and then when you see them cut to the Christina thing, that's why I kind of was saying the shit was weird. It fell off. So... They're great at doing this, though. I like how they juxtapose time time streams and, like, in the story. It's kind of like a story within a story. Like, it's that memento shit. Like, he is a Nolan. So, you know, the, that whole thing about memory, memory loss, identity, constructing identity, the notion of constructing the identity of the self within a given moment as opposed to the, the notion that this self that you've concocted is actually stable because age, time, health, environment, there's, there's a myriad of factors that go into an organism and their adaptability and their their experience of reality and then how they react to said reality. 
Caleb basically is being woke out of this thing. Um, and I, I'm jumping ahead again. What do you mean he's being woke? What is he being woke out of? Uh, you saw the episode. He, uh, <laughs> I mean, Shaloris really went in, man. Um, she went in. Like, like you know, like Maeve said to her, you know, she thought that Wyatt was the dark side of Dolores, but it's you, Shaloris, <laughs> you know, and, um, it's crazy, man, like, uh, the parasites, where are they, when I think of Christina, like, her friend Maya had this dream, and, you know, the flies come, and they land on their food at the picnic, and then they land on them, and then they just, you know, they go still, both her parents, and then, you know, they come for her, Maya, in the dream, and then she wakes up, right, there's that whole weird deja vu, memento mori, aka, like, you're having a sense of being in one world and then experiencing another as a fully realized world, even though it's not within this world. But the actuality is, again, she's she and Christina are part of the generations that are in a symbiotic relationship with the with the parasites. What's the parasites' construction? What are they infecting these individuals with? To the point where you know that you can control the parasites through sound. So, I don't know. I, I kind of want to know how the parasites are constructed. Because if you look at the whole Christina deal, Dolores is basically like the mother of all hosts. So, even if there's some like derivative form of her in that human where that parasite is tapping into that then it's just going to play it through I mean of course they could have just inserted hosts into society anyway I mean well, who's to know the actual fate of Teddy who's to, like that time gap you know someone did mention something about Bernard bringing Teddy I think it was Andy on the uh, group podcast we did this past Tuesday um, but Andy uh brought up an interesting point and I don't think at the time I fully realized what it is and uh, this is how I deduced it anyway or understood it so if I'm wrong I'm sorry Andy um, how I understood it is you know is revealed basically there's like this weird time gap so when you actually see Bernard doing shit it's um, yeah it's been a real long time um like that seven year gap is not the Bernard sequence. Bernard was under for, for all intents and purposes, 30 years. So, but I mean, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll get to that. I just, you know, it's all swarming around in my head. So, anyway, here's the deal. So, the Christina thing, right? And the Teddy thing. So, with that time gap, maybe Bernard brought Teddy out but maybe he also like brought out other people I, I really don't know how that would work but you know um, again that runs completely counter to my own theory about you know the fact that Bernard just woke up but that doesn't mean he couldn't have pulled anyone else out of the sublime because Christina's storyline runs concurrent with 
Bernard storyline in terms of the timeline. So I might actually still be correct. And I, I mean, I might be correct, but Andy was was more, you know, I don't even know if he, it's something he said triggered this idea in me. So I'll just say it's a collabo. We call it, you know, shared property 50-50. <laughs> anyway, I think that something happened when he came out of Sublime. Um, I'm not sure what it was um, because, you know, he obviously had all these awesome powers when he came out of it in terms of, like, prediction, um, getting into the flow of whatever awareness is moving through things. Um, and, again, you know, the whole dream thing and deja vu shit is, like, very matrixy. And, like, basically how I actually perceive this episode is basically they're saying instead of the like you know people being plugged into pods and all of this stuff the pods are plugging into the fucking people and just basically playing them a tune that they can dance to um it's like i said reverse osmosis matrix world um <laughs> because i mean pretty much like that's what they did they they you know it's like instead of people being plugged in, they they uh they have been plugged in too. And I don't know about anyone else, but you know, I mean there's a layer of horror in that. I know that Westworld is science fiction, but I mean science fiction really does just kind of straddle horror and actually sometimes supersede it in its level of horror like this is horrifying stuff and you know you got the generation loss and the weird part is you know obviously you know we have reality and then you we have art but why is it like it's not i don't think it's coincidental that they're talking about a super spreader virus of parasites and you know we just went through two plus years of whatever shit with the COVID and then you know um, another weird thing is you know yeah they're referencing the 1920s in that park but that park also like the 20s what what decade is it now it's the 20s yeah it's 2020s but it's the fucking 20s so you know a lot of the stuff that's in here they're kind of sitting on the potentiality for the dark side of where our technology will lead us evolutionarily speaking because ultimately you know on the crucible of extinction or liberation you know human beings given power to entities that don't require the level of self-discipline to access and internalize and express and utilize information exponentially you know that's not what human beings do nor do we accomplish a great deal alone in and of ourselves it's the interactions, the relationships, seeing someone else with a capability being influenced so much by it that you want to have a level of capability similar to them. Like you see a painting or you see a drawing and I want to be as good as that guy. That becomes like your goal. Same thing with athletes, same thing with some doctors, same thing with some scientists, musicians. You respect and admire and love what the person is doing so much that you immerse yourself in it and then you want to do it. So, um, anyway, I digress, but I see these juxtapositions, like the weird tower, the super spreader, the 
this thing, you know. And I mean, it's a very multifaceted, multi-layered show, so you could see a ton of shit. Some of it might be there, some of it might not, but you know, uh, engaging in the material makes it somewhat your own, and it's it's your own experience of the material. We all see the same actors and hear the same things, but we don't actually all see the same way, and that's what makes life fun and insane. So yeah, that that stuff's weird with the five G super tower things, but I mean, Caleb got fucked over, man. He got screwed bad. He got wrecked in the melee. Because basically, you know, after Maeve controlled the p- computers, because um, she got beat up by this dude, and blast him, and the glass explodes. That's an awesome scene, by the way. And then she takes, uh, they take Shaloris hostage. So basically, Caleb gets to jump on Shaloris. Then, you know, he's like, bullying her around but he has to tell me if he's got the parasite and he you know he's stabbed so she's thinking of trying to help him like uh she did on the at the lighthouse but we don't know what she did we just know that she manipulated his limbic system we don't know to what extent and you know obviously if she can do it you know they're already doing it with the flies but she's just doing it so Ultimately, no, like, Shaloris knows, she even says, you know, Maeve, Maeve is special, because how that plays out later is pretty bad, like, they sort of get away, but then, you know, they they get to the quarry at that park, and they end up having, you know, to deal with the man in black, he kind of seems like too much, and then, you know... They cut to C and her situation, and she's with Bernard, and her the guy she works with, Jay, says, you know, something more important has come up, that, you know, there's a really important outlier, and if you know the outliers, basically, like, Ciroc and his, you know, Ciroc's brother was an outlier, and um, they want an important outlier, what do they want him for? I don't know. Because I don't know what like type of function an outlier would have other than to just join a resistance. You wouldn't risk people's lives to gain one new member, right? Or are they at such a bad crossroads? That's their only option. I'm, I'm not certain. Um, you know. I'm not sure about all of that. But this poor fool. You know. This poor Caleb fool. I, I keep going back to it because I mean that's it's, it's got to be the worst feeling in the world. And I'll, I'll get to like what happens. You know what happens. Most people listening to this do, but still, it's totally wrong. Anyway, so you know, the Christina scenes are you know of the generation that wasn't lost, the first real generation of. Those in perfect harmony with their parasites. And, uh, you know, she's a carrier of a parasite. You know, everyone is. So, why is she having Dolores memories? It's a little weird. And the thing is, like I said, Dolores herself was the mother of all the other hosts. Like, they're all, she was the template. So, who's to say, you know, this, this parasite host is a derivative of that initial host anyway so if there's any kinship between that body and that 
hosts, you know, I don't know how that works. I, I still feel like, you know, there's some cloudy shit there that uh, as the show goes on, it'll it'll open up and reveal itself because really it's just a little crazy like uh, some of the stuff sorting out where they're going with it. You know, it'd be fascinating, but uh, it, it is crazy. Um, they cut to, you know, uh, Bernard again and, you know, he's doing his his Bernard thing and he's it was funny because he says time to move forward now he's in the future and you realize that after watching the episode so he's 30 years in the future and when he says time to move forward that's kind of funny because it's like he's implying that he's in the present and that they're going to move forward into the next battle which is what they're going to do now that we're all caught up to speed on what happened so what happened was pretty much after they did all whatever and Caleb did not obey Charlotte Hale and did shoot the man in black and then the man in black shot Maeve and then they were on a battle again and then Maeve made the whole shit go boom okay we don't know other than to save Caleb but I mean she I mean how did she actually save Caleb that's another thing we're gonna go into because Saving someone is, uh, I don't know, how he ended up at the end of this fucking episode, I would have, just let me die, man, for real, it's all good, just let me die, don't do that to me, because um, it's it's ridiculous, anyway, then there's this thing, you know, after that whole speech Maya gave about the, the scary fly dream, and you know, she saw a painting, uh, that Christina did she couldn't sleep and it was like a normal city with this weird black just swab blob all over it that could be an actual image it just looked like a swarm of flies to me so it is what it is um but after that you know Maya was like I need to step out I need to go out I need to go out so they go out and Maya set her up with a date and the date was Teddy and the things Teddy said too lifetimes you know, I feel like I've known you lifetimes. And he's like, you're a writer. Write me a line. You know, um, the bounty hunter with the heart of gold, loyal to the end. He says, you know, something about, he said, trust, you know, your path wherever it leads. And, you know, he was following her in Westworld. And, you know, she got his ass bucked down like. It was she was just whack with him, um, but at the same time, you know he's kind of amazing, and 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 the way he's talking, and the way she's reacting, I'm telling you, like uh, these characters, you know, I don't if, if she's human, I mean she's the human host variant and all that, but what happens if you destroy the the the, the parasite? Because, you know, there's also you can use sound to kill the thing that uses the sound to control. So, I mean, you know, you could just easily come up with some shit like that and boom. Um, when uh, Caleb got hurt the last time uh, at the lighthouse, Maeve, you know, that's why she stayed away because she didn't want him to get killed. She got curious about him and then you know an explosion but i mean there's also just weird stuff going on but it's creepy because of the, of of 
like the scene that you see as she goes back into a conversation with uh <laughs> with Caleb uh it gets weird like you know she tells him what to do he, you know he shot the man in black I went over all that stuff the, the messed up part is okay boom right so he's worried about Maeve the next thing he knows you know um uh, He's messed up. And I feel like the only element that she wants in him is his disobedience because he disobeys um, and he really shouldn't be able to. And, you know, any good dictator, any good fascist, any good. And I use the word good in terms of the ability to maintain and exact a totalitarian regime on people. It's, it is a skill. It's just evil. Um, but you could be good at it anyway. <laughs> Um, that's what she wants him for is to learn how to subjugate the disobedient, you know, because really what is an outlier, but someone who's just inordinately disobedient, like they just don't kind of mesh into any definitive order. Like they, they reject so many things and they're not easily controlled so to learn how to control the uncontrollable is the desire of every fascist because the human element is in is in and of itself uncontrollable we establish civilization our languages our social codes everything to try to attempt to get a flow to the madness of human life and behavior but I mean you know when certain stressors arise that all crumbles so, you know, Shalora starts asking him, what year is it? And, you know, she's got the handcuffs on. She's, you know, he's looking. You're thinking they're still there. And then, you know, boom, she starts dissing him and, you know, starts going into the, <laughs> basically, you know, what she's doing with him. Like, do you remember how you got here? You remember how long it's been? Do you remember what happened? And as he starts to remember, and she's like, yeah. And she was like, I'm asking you, you know, to establish a baseline. A baseline for what? Fidelity. She's basically seeing, it seems to me, fidelity is your capacity to remember your last living moment in detail. Um, so your consciousness basically is uploaded to its last prior save point. Kind of like a fucked up video game. So, you know, they cut to his daughter wanting to see his body. And then they cut to hell, and you know, it's fucked up. Like, you you know, they're starting to basically say, yes, that's Frankie as a grown-up. She goes by C. Who knows why? Maybe because of him. Because he's Caleb with the C. Um, but she just breaks down, you know. She was like, you know, he's like, I, I am me, right? She's like, well, you're a version of you. The 278th version. How long has it been? It's been 23 years since you died in that park. Wow. And then, boom, that whole scene turns into the fidelity room. Like, this white, cool-looking room that's fucked up. Because you know that's where they do shit like that to people. And, uh, wow. Shaloris has, like, basically, you know... She integrated the two worlds and made them hers. Our world and, and the world of hosts, and she's it's hers now. Um, she's making control of us seamless, and it only took a generation. The generation that was lost was the generation lost was 
Caleb's generation. And uh, I made some joke about Aaron Paul in the last podcast I was on. And uh, I'm just saying he's actually, I this is how I feel about him in Westworld. I, lo- I love him. Um, he brings that right weird stressed anxiety to that character but I mean to have that realization like I thought his performance was brilliant because it's just a totally fucked realization that not only are you dead and not only you know you your family gone you don't know if they're alive or dead but you are the 278th reiteration of yourself as an artificial computerized consciousness and that bitch did it to you and he doesn't know that that's Charlotte. He doesn't know Charlotte Hale is actually Dolores. Even when Maeve said shit to her, he he he's not gonna pick up on that. He wasn't with them when all that happened. So that's terrible. So pretty much like you know, people you know, going whenever you strive, that's utopia. Basically, that's the the dystopian utopia. What Charlotte achieved, but it's. It's totally a Dolores thing to do. I mean, she was after something similar, you know, with her war. Um, even though some might say, you know, I might have even said, you know, to protect her. I mean, she was trying to protect hosts or something. You no, know, her objective was just to make humanity suffer. And that version of her, through her own suffering and through her own false but real experience of being a human mom and wife in the vessel of Charlotte Hale made her lose her mind. She helped bring down the original and subjugate the entire fucking world. So, I mean, for a TV show for an episode, that's pretty interesting plots and shit, you know? It's, like, fucking amazing. Like, they just opened up that whole story so much more because, I mean, such a complex story that if you don't have the little dance heck mahina here and there, you're just going to paint yourself into a corner. But, I mean, when your dance heck mahina is as smooth as the Westworld people's, I mean, what the fuck can you say, man? Kudos. That's it. Great fucking episode. Um... I truly hope they don't drop the ball with this and just keep running into some crazy-ass directions because, I mean, the disjointed sense of time, I was feeling that heavily. Um, They've done that before, but, I I mean, I was just feeling it because I wasn't certain of it. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. It was flowing weird. Not the show being choppy, but I'm talking about just, like, where the fuck are they? When the fuck are they? Where are they actually? You know, those are always, like, repeat questions when you watch this shit. But anyway, had a blast uh, with this episode. So fucking good. It's so cool. Um, definitely looking forward to the next one. It's Back Daddy doing whatever the fuck I'm doing. Looking forward to, you know, just seeing how this season plays out, man. Thank everybody who listens. Um, ultimately we all just really dig the hell out of this show and you know some of the time some of the shit in the show pisses us off some of it we love um, I mean I love it all because even like uh, the third season a lot of people I've heard anyway don't like it that much um, the only thing I could say is look how well it worked as a setup season for the fourth season 
you know, if you trade away a bad player and you get somebody and the following season is blowing up and is looking dope, well, it took a season to work shit out. But we were preparing for the next season. <laughs> and if you think I'm full of shit, just check out the Warriors. I mean, they had the worst record in the league. And then the next season, they did still, like, they lost in a play-in tournament for the playoffs. But they fucking blew it up the following year, man. Like, you know, sometimes shit goes bad for a setup. I don't think the season's bad. I love it. You, you if you've listened to my podcast, you heard me say shit about the season three. I did all the episodes, every episode. Of, I loved it. But also, I look at it as a setup for something even doper. So, I mean, I was like, yo, this is going to be sick. And thus far, it's exceeded my expectations. We'll see what it looks like going forward. But either way, this is just a fantastic show. All right. Now I'm officially out. Peace.